Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. We have crossed over the episode number 500 level. This is episode 501. So if you're just tuning in, there's a whole archive. Just like block out the next six days and go listen to all 500 episodes. Uh, if you're a returning guest, uh, we're going to have a lot more to come. 500 is just the starting block for cool things entrepreneurs do. So thank you for uh, being part of this little community. So before we get started, I have to thank the first sponsor of today's episode, and that is my friends at the Bias Disruption Podcast. Now, if you're listening to this, you're a podcast listener, you should look at your little list and make sure that you have the Bias Disruption because human behavior, it is a complicated thing, especially when it comes to working and living together. And understanding why and how people behave in groups, oh, that is what my friends, Dr. Josh Packard and Megan Bissell, it's what they do for a living. And their podcast, The Bias Disruption, answers all kinds of questions about team size and culture change and where does innovation even come from? So if you've ever wondered about these things or other things to make change last, you need to tune in to The Bias Disruption. Megan and Josh, they use social science real-world experiences, and a lot of humor to share their useful insights. And they're kind of nerdy, so they're fun. Check out The Bias Disruption. So today's show, I'm going to interview yet another person who I met at the New Media Summit 2019. Uh, this was a pretty interesting uh, event that I went to. A lot of people who were trying to grow their businesses wanted to either start podcasts or be guests on podcasts. And I really liked Justin. Justin Womack, he he impressed me. And he's a copywriter and he helps people like get their message out there digitally. So Justin, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Yes. Thank you for having me. And it's an honor to be past the half century mark on your podcast there. So 501. I heard an, I heard an interesting statistic that it was less than 1% of all 700,000 podcasts have actually reached 500 episodes. I, I haven't actually seen the proof of that, but that's what somebody told me. We're going to go with it until somebody proves me wrong. <laughs> so That's a good stat. I would, I would run with that one for sure. It sounds good. <laughs> so, you know, awesome. Hey, you know, I don't like to read bios about people. So why don't you tell everybody who is Justin Womack and what do you do? Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, I'm a digital marketing specialist. I am a copywriter. I specialize in uh, email copywriting. So I work with people that want to get their email sequences written out and, and running and automated. Uh, that's one of my specialties. I also have launched my own podcast. So I have a podcast called Marketing Geeks, and I help people to get their podcasts off the ground. Um, I am a Fiverr pro. So if you're familiar with the website Fiverr, which is a freelancing site, they have a pro division where they have vetted professionals that are um, on the pro side of things. Um, so on there, I do copywriting gigs as well. I do Infusionsoft Consulting, and I do um, podcast launches. So that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell, um, as far as yeah, the services that I'm offering to entrepreneurs. Awesome. So you weren't born a copywriter and you, you didn't start off like when you started your career saying, I'm a digital marketing specialist. What did you do originally? What, like, give us a little bit of your background and, and your story arc. Yeah, my background's all over the place, first and foremost. <laughs> it's a mess uh, as far as that goes. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I think I, one of the skill sets that came naturally to me was writing, though. So as a like, I was the guy that would go, um, I was in honors English classes in high school that could go write an essay hours before they were due and still get a B, but because it was an honors class, it would count as an A. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. I got that grade point bump. Um, so I, I mean, I'm a guy that has like a natural propensity for writing. Um, but however... The, the, there's a very, very distinct difference between copywriting and writing, which is something I learned over time. Um, but coming out of high school, I, I originally kind of like was following, I, I think the voice of my mom was in my head, which is more like follow the safe path trajectory. And I, I went into the insurance industry out of high school and worked traditional employment where I had a lot of success, but I was completely miserable. Um, every single day I felt like I was on like a hamster wheel of life. And it was like every day felt terrible to me. The movie Office Space is a great metaphor for how I felt. Filmed uh, filmed in Austin, Texas, by the way. I did not know that. Okay. Um, but yes, that movie is for anyone that feels like they hate their work. And if you've worked in an office, that movie is dead on accurate. Uh, ultimately, I, I only ever saw it because I like Jennifer Aniston, but it turned out it was a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't remember what made me actually go see it. But I mean, when I saw it, it was like, wow, this guy gets it. Um, but ultimately, I, I started, uh, eventually, I found the courage to kind of leave that position and started looking at other things. I worked in the movie industry for one movie, which ended up being a terrible experience as well. I love movies, but I don't love working for a-hole directors. Um, and then I worked, uh, and then I got a job on the back end of a seminar company. And I started, I found an industry that I really connected to, which was the expert space, business coach, personal development side of seminars. Um, well, I was there though, and that's where I learned a lot of the skill sets that I've, I've now kind of uh, taken on, which are the copywriting, the email marketing, Infusionsoft, automation. Um, but while there, I, I got involved in a major car accident, and my car rolled up, very serious, rolled upside down underwater. Um, I almost drowned, and it was dirty water. So because the water was so dirty, I, I spent two months in ICU um, because the I breathed in really dirty water, had fungus on my lungs, and developed a condition called ARDS, which only... Uh, 20 to 30 percent of people that get it survive it um well we're, we're, it. we're glad you do or this would be a really quiet episode yes this would be a very quiet episode yes um so somehow i amazingly survived it um my wife who was my girlfriend at the time stood by me the entire time in that two months in icu and we're now married we now have a child um and that's what gave me the impetus to kind of move from behind the scenes running the back end of these seminar companies running the back end of things into the spotlight and it gave me the permission that i I guess I needed to uh, take the risks that I was afraid to take before. And so that's, that's why I went out and started this whole thing on my own. Um, and, and some of the things I talk about now are like, how do you, how do you move the needle on like getting people's attention and getting authority to, and having a podcast like you're doing, like I'm doing um, one of the main things that has really helped to gain attention for myself and my brand. And that's one of the things I teach is like, how can you, uh, how can you leverage uh, things that you're doing to make yourself instantly credible in the eyes of other people. And one of them is podcasting. Awesome. So now that you've been doing this, how long have you been working for yourself? I've been working for myself now for a little over, well, five years, roughly. Okay. So a lot of people who listen to the show really resonate with a story like yours, other than the near-death experience, yeah. uh, because they feel like in their career, they have their ladder against the wrong wall. And I know that's that was me. In fact, the reason I started the show five years ago was because it was kind of four people who felt like they were stuck. And maybe what I use the term stuck in the high middle, maybe they're doing well in their career but they just don't feel they're in the right place. And so now that you've been doing this for five years, what do you like about it? What I like is the uh, controlling my schedule. That's huge for me. 
So having control over my schedule is one of the biggest drivers for having a business, even more so than money, I think. Because uh, as, as an employee, I didn't, it's not that I did poorly. You know, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't crush it either, but I, I made around 80 grand a year as an employee. And that was, you know, it was comfortable. I was comfortable working as an employee in terms of financial uh, stability. However, I was miserable every single day of my life. And, you know, the difference now is that I actually can, um, I don't live my life for weekends. For one, <laughs> I don't live my life like um, waiting for the clock to hit five o'clock because I'm so miserable sitting in a chair, like being dictated when I have to be here, what I have to do. So like that kind of control for me is, is more important than anything else, I think. Um, but, but on top of that, it's also just, uh, I like the challenges of being an entrepreneur too. And I like to challenge myself. I like to, I like to step, I, I enjoy stepping outside of my comfort zone. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm somebody that graduated college, but never stopped going to college. I, I've been going to junior college for like, I take like a, one class a year, at least for like 10 plus years straight. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because my whole motto the last three years, I'm a lot older than you are, but when I turned 50, I, I came up with this whole idea that I was just going to make age 50 to 75, the best years of my life. And part of the way I was going to do that was this motto is try new things. And so mm -hmm. I keep looking to try new things. Uh, last night I was at a dinner party for my brother-in-law's birthday and his you know 25 year old son was there and he had just taken up painting. And I was like, he was telling me about this. He showed me the first easel, not easel, what do you call it? Canvas he had painted mm -hmm. and it was good. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, you know, it wasn't like you were going to go spend a thousand dollars on it, but it was really good for the first time you've ever painted a picture. And I was like, Ooh, maybe I need to start painting because years ago I would have not even thought that. And now I'm like, what can I try? What's new? So, uh, so I totally resonate with what you're saying. Cause that's sort of what I try to do is always be pushing those boundaries, uh, just trying new things. It opens up a whole bunch of doors. So let's yeah, flip. I mean, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was well, say. I'm a big believer in, in saying like when opportunities present themselves, which a lot of them have, like I try to say yes to as many as possible and kind of just figure them out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, that's, there's been a lot of times where I've, I've said yes to things that are a bit of a stretch for me, but I have, um, I take them as learning experiences and I push myself through them and I, and I come out as a stronger person on the other end. That's, that's something that I. So, so let's flip that last question on its head. Are there anything, any days where you think, oh my God, I could have kept a job and a salary and what am I doing? This sucks. Yes, uh, of course. I mean, there are definitely days like that. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there've been times like that. And, you know, I, I was networking in, in Ventura Chamber at one point and I, I came, um, one of the, uh, one of like the sales managers that, that runs, uh, that works for LinkedIn was there and I had a conversation with him and we talked about potentially like me applying for a job over there even. It's like, okay, that's actually like a legitimate job, legitimate thing. Um, but it's, there's a huge, I mean, that's like, it would have been a pretty decent commute because that's in Carpenter Real in Camarillo. It's a little, probably an hour a day each way commute. Plus uh, on top of that, I'm, I'm working back on this uh, dictated hourly schedule. And on top of that, um, I'm giving up, uh, you know, I'm building somebody else's dream, not my own dream. And I'm, I'm giving that up. And for me at this point, like after surviving all that, like it's not about money. It's not the, it can't be the primary driver for me. Yes, that like it's important, obviously. <laughs> money is a driver and it's up there in the top three. Uh, but the, the freedom thing, like I'd rather be happy than, um, than risk that doing, doing the other thing. So yes, there are times though that I've, I've struggled and, uh, and I've had to, I've had to buckle down and figure things out. And I've been like, wow, this was easier when I had a steady paycheck every single week. And I knew exactly how much money I was going to make every week. But, um, but there's, there are ways through it. And I've, 
I figure it out. That's all I can say. <laughs> so what advice do you have for people who are listening to this episode and they're like, oh, I can totally relate to that, Justin. My my ladder's against the wrong wall. I want to jump out and do my own thing. And I, I want to do it without, you know, a car accident and a fungus in my lungs. Uh, so what, what advice do you have for people who feel that way? Uh, well, a couple things. Uh, number one that I've learned is fast action is one of the biggest drivers of success. So like when you learn something new, the, the, your ability to implement, like, so your speed of implementation of new ideas is one of the, one of the things that I think separates successful people from unsuccessful people. Uh, that's one, but uh, as far as like leaving your job and taking those risks go, it's, you have to be willing to stretch your comfort zones because as an entrepreneur, if you want to be successful, you, you can't, and even if you're someone like me, who's pretty introverted um, and I, I can stretch my boundaries and I can, I can play the extrovert. Um, but I have to, I have to, I have to challenge myself to do that at times. And I had to, I had to take on like the, like developing my public speaking skills. I had to take these things on and understand that if you're going to be successful in this, you're going to have to put yourself out there. So um, there has to be a willingness to both uh, show up on social media, like, so you have to be visible for one. And, and a lot of, I think, entrepreneurs, a lot of employees uh, value being invisible more than they like to admit. So um, you have to be visible. You have to be willing to speak on stages. Um, if you're, I think that's one of the fastest ways to grow a business is to be willing to speak on stages. There are ways of doing it without, but from a terms of speed, I think you have to be willing to take down that challenge. And, um, and you have to be unapologetic about doing it. So it's like, let everybody know that you're running a business now. And this is your, this is the trajectory of your life. If you're going in and you're not telling people, which is again, something that's more common than you would think, um, it's, you're just shooting yourself in the foot and you're just adding challenges to, um, to a journey that you don't need to take those on. <laughs> so one of the things I do when I speak to companies and I work with teams is I talk about this gap that exists for people between potential and performance. Because let's face it, we've all known people who've gone off on their own or even in a job. They have so much potential and then they don't go anywhere with it. Mm -hmm. And there's other people who have potential and they skyrocket. So what do you think the delta is? Why do some people get farther across the gap between potential and performance when other people fall into the abyss? Well, I think there has to be a passion there for one. I mean, I look back like when I was working in insurance as a sales agent and I was, uh, I, I think the biggest problem for me was my my mental state was like a big problem because there was a month, I, I just, this is like a weird story, but it was a month where I was like, my performance was pretty bad. And it was to the point where my, probably my job was at risk. And then for some reason, the next month I was the number one sales agent out of like 80 agents in the entire region. And it was like, and it was really just about like buckling down and kind of doing the work and like caring that month. Um, <laughs> and, and actually, you know, being willing to stay all the hours, working on uh, taking the Saturday shifts, things like that. But it was something that I, I just didn't have the passion for. So if you have the passion behind it and you have the potential, I mean, you have to have the potential first. Like, there has to be a skill set. <laughs> if you have the skill set and you have the passion, that's when I see um, actual results happening. And, and that's kind of like, like, I mean, that's like a metaphor for me, though. It's like the, from almost being fired to being number one in the whole company where they have to take me out to lunch with a sales, <laughs> you know, it was just a, uh, kind of an interesting thing that happened along my, along my journey. And it's just like, okay, because everyone always said, you know, I have so much potential, but I wasn't always living up to it. And it's, it's like, well, I can, I just have to care too. There has to be. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a little piece there to what you're talking about. And that is, you know, you got to rely on yourself. So often, you know, many of us get caught up really hoping someone else is going to do the hard work for us or 
you know, sprinkle magic fairy dust on us. Yes. And uh, recently I had a couple of people send me links to uh, Emerson's, you know, long essay. It's like 10,000 words. It's like a book uh, mm -hmm. on self-reliance. And I, as I read it, I was like, you know, this was written in the 1800s. And I'm like, oh, my God, everybody needs to be reading this today because there is no magic fairy dust and no one's going to do it for you. You have to be the person who believes in yourself and go and does it. And there's an entire industry built off that point <laughs> that yeah. everybody wants somebody else to do it for them. Right. And um, and and there I mean, I'm not <laughs> I work in that industry in a lot of ways. <laughs> so I get it. But yes, like you, you can't just hire somebody to do it for you. Like as an entrepreneur, you're never going to find, I don't care how amazing the presentation is, they're not going to move, they're not going to do it for you. It's going to take work on your end and it might be in conjunction and they can make it, they can make you get to that goal faster. Yes. Um, but it's going to take work on your end. And, and I've not, and I think that's a, another, another thing is that people are always looking for the magic bullet that's going to make things so easy for them. But it's really, you know, entrepreneurship is hard. It's got challenges. It takes work. And uh, those people that are willing to do the work and willing when the days are bad, like we talked about, there are days that are bad. It's the ones that can push through, persevere and um, show resilience through that. Because when you come out on the other side of that, you're a stronger person and, um, you know, so many companies fail in the first year or two years or five years that if you can actually push through your odds of success are exponentially higher. So I've got more questions for you before I let you go. But first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you, like all of them, by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of starting your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Justin Womack. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show by jumping over to cool, I'm sorry, jumping over to podfly.net slash cool things. And I'll tell you what, I've been working with them for five years. They are one of the best vendors I have ever encountered in indie, any industry. Podfly is awesome. So, Justin, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing in business right now? I, I, I think it's the podcast. Like I, I really love the, what the podcast has done for my business. And the biggest thing that it's done more than anything else is it opens the doors to meeting people that I would not have had the opportunity to meet without it. And I'm interviewing people that would probably, I'd have to pay like $10,000 to spend a day with these people. And they're coming on my show for free and I'm interviewing them. Like people like Pat Flynn or Ryan Levesque or Dan Locke, like these people that are running seven, eight figure businesses. And I get to have them on my show and I get to borrow some of their credibility by interviewing them because I'm the person doing it. Well, what I tell everybody is the reason I started this show is I know one thing is true and that is success leaves clues. So when you get around successful people, they can't help it. They have to sprinkle an idea, a nugget, a theory or a concept on you. And then mm -hmm. you get to take that with you. Yeah. And, and in that same, um, same vein, my proximity is power. <laughs> and yeah, the, the closer you are to successful people, I think it was Jim Rohn that initially said, like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So when you're spending time around other people with success, it's more likely to rub up, uh, rub off on you and you're more likely to grow at a faster rate. And so I, I do. I, I am a little bit selective about the people I spend more time with these days than I used to be um, because 
I want to develop habits of success. And, and like you said, these, there are, it always leaves clues. So it's a matter of, are you, uh, are you picking them up or not? Awesome. So I, you know, we could go on talking about you and what you're doing with your career, but I think that great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask people when they come on the show, when you look out at the world of entrepreneurs, who do you say, wow, that's the person she or he are doing cool things. Well, recently, I guess it's Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, just because I love that he he basically gives everything for free. So so, so I'm goes, I, yeah. so I met him and actually drove him to a speaking gig twelve years ago before he was like famous. He yeah. was in, he was in my car. Cool. I picked him up at the hotel and took him to the gig. Drove him back to the hotel. So while I'm sure he does not remember me, I I was his I was his driver. <laughs> that that's why he's famous. He had such a good ride to his speech at TechChange in Austin that I'm sure it changed his life. Yeah, you must have said something that inspired him that made him that made him explode into who he is today. <laughs> I, I'll take all the credit since that was 12 years ago. <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he just kind of like is he puts himself out there. He gives like his best stuff for free. He, um, he he's a guy that is very authentic, and he, you know he's not for everybody. He throws out the curse words and everything else. But it, it's it's someone I I resonate with, and I've uh, I've read all his books now, and I. I feel like I've learned a ton um, from what he's been willing to share with everybody. And he's, uh, he's a guy that I, I think really embodies the spirit of an entrepreneur and he, he works really, really hard. <laughs> so yeah, definitely Gary Vee. So the last question I ask everybody is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Cause I think if we're fortunate and all of us are fortunate, if we get to work for ourselves and can feed our families and make it work, I think we have to do more than just make money and go, Hey, look at me, look at me. So what do you do to serve others? I mean, I, I, I volunteer. Um, and to be honest, though, it's, it's not entirely selfless because I also get something out of it. Because when I volunteer, I'm getting either speaking opportunities or getting opportunities to learn, too, that I, I like to take, take on. But I, I volunteered. We did a, a TEDx in Camarillo here um, a couple of years ago. And I, at the time, I probably should have applied to be a speaker, but I didn't. But I volunteered to help run the um, fundraising for it and the back end of it. So I, I learned a ton on the back end of that. There's an organization called Weave here in Ventura County, which is Women's Economic Venture. Um, and they bring me in constantly and I teach a, a section for their classes on digital marketing for free. Um, and I also offer free consulting um, for, for the women in that program. So women entrepreneurs. So I, I do uh, volunteer work is um, the, the primary. And even like when I was I spent less time with Chamber recently because they're kind of not my ideal audience for the uh, for the most part. But when I was there, I would volunteer uh, there too for some of the um, some of the groups that they would do and um, network network networking opportunities, things like that. So volunteer work is my number one. I would say. Awesome. Well, thank you for all you do. So, Justin, if somebody listened to this and they're like, "I need to get me a little more," Justin Womack, how do they find you? What's the name of your podcast? How do they download it, etc. Uh, well, the podcast is called Marketing Geeks. You can find it. Uh, you can go to marketinggeekspodcast.com where we have a link to all the major platforms. Or you could just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the major where, networks. Wherever you get your podcast love. Yep. Wherever you get your podcast love, go search for Marketing Geeks. So you can search my name, Justin Womack. You'll find the show. Um, we're pretty well SEO'd, so we're pretty easy to find. And uh, yeah, and that's, uh, that's been an awesome uh, experience. And then you can also find me on my website, go to jmacmedia.com. That's J-M-A-C-K. So J-M like Mary, A-C-K media.com. Um, and you can book a free call with me for 10 minutes uh, through the website right there. Or you can uh, just fill out one of the, uh, the contact forms, ask any question, and I will get back to you um, within 24 hours. So. Awesome. 
Well, Justin, thank you so much for coming in here and kicking off the next 500 episodes of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for having me. Hey, and thanks to everyone who listened. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. If you like the show, do all the stuff that everybody tells you to do. Jump over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review and give it a nice, you know, positive rating. But more importantly, go tell somebody about it. Almost everyone I meet when I say, why do you listen to this show? They tell me, well, I found it because my mom, my sister, my boss, my coworker told me to listen to episode number X with someone like Justin. And then I just got addicted and I kept kept listening. So if you like the show, tell a friend because word of mouth is the number one way that people find me and the things that I do. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Justin. But in the meantime, go out there, try something new, shake it up, push yourself a little bit out of that comfort zone. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.